0: When you picture the independent agent of the future, what do you envision? Is it a daily grind, drowning in service requests and non-revenue generating activities? Or do you dream of a day when you're free to do all the things that you love about insurance, building and implementing effective marketing strategies and onboarding new clients while taking your agency to revenue heights you never thought possible? Well, my friends, the future is now. With the premier independent agent self-servicing platform, Glovebox, you can finally get back to what got you into insurance in the first place, the freedom. Let Glovebox, let the Glovebox platform deliver an amazing customer experience to your policyholders with direct-to-carrier connections. This is not connecting to your management system or anything like that, guys. This is direct connection with the carriers. With Glovebox, you can finally take back what you love about being an insurance agent and watch your revenue skyrocket. Schedule your demo with Glovebox today. Make sure you mention the Insurance Guys podcast for 20% off of your monthly subscription for life.
1: Insurance agents from around the world, welcome to the Insurance Guys podcast. My name is Scott Howell, your fearless host and leader, insurance agency owner, and insurance evangelist for I Protect Insurance and Financial Services based out of Huntsville Alabama and before we get started on today's episode please help me welcome he is a six foot three sophomore from Sellerland Alabama parade first team all-american rivals five-star recruit he is a fantastic insurance agent and a great American ladies and gentlemen please put your hands together and welcome the incomparable Mr. Bradley Flowers how are you Bradley
0: great Scott how are you today
1: best i have ever been bradley i am proud and honored to be above ground today and to be on this podcast with you
0: yeah man it's good to do it's good to do one with just you and i you know not have to deal with the all the stuff that comes with having a guest you know
1: absolutely absolutely tell everybody about who you met last night in uh, mobile alabama
0: i got to hang out with brett Favre last night it was fun
1: brett brett the myth Favre.
0: yeah the gunslinger
1: he's a nice guy he is a very nice guy. I've heard nothing from friends of mine that know Brett and have, you know, played ball with Brett and know Brett him well. He has a podcast now, apparently. Oh, does he? Apparently, I bet, it's good. Yeah. I bet it's good. Brett is a storyteller. He is a man that has done a lot of things in his life. Some good, some not so good. But he, uh, he's just one of those guys. He's a little bit like Bo Jackson. Everybody has a story about Brett Favre.
0: He's a lot nicer than Bo Jackson, though.
1: Yeah. Bo's just very, very, very shy. Yeah. I've heard some, some stories about, uh, Bo that, you know, he did that bike across Alabama mm-hmm. and, uh, they started up about two miles from my house as part of that bike across Bama. They went through a bunch of back roads and yeah. a friend of mine, he and his son biked one leg of it. Cause you know, they did it in legs where they do like so many miles in a day. He, uh, he's a big Auburn fan. And, uh, his son at that time was about eight or nine years old and Bo came out of the RV and Saw I won't say his name because I haven't got his permission to use it on the air, but he said, "Hey, what are you doing?" Kid looked up at him, had his bow jersey on, and he said, "Come in here. I want to talk to you for a minute." He took him in the RV, and they just sat there and talked for five nice. or ten minutes, and got back on their bikes and started going again.
0: Nice, nice. Yeah, yeah it's it's it was fun. It's an event here. So the Senior Bowl is in Mobile. For those of you listening that aren't familiar with the Senior Bowl, basically a college football all star game is the college football all star game. And it's in Mobile every year, sanctioned by the NFL. And there's this whole week is – there's a lot of hoopla this week. There's different events. You know, two nights ago they had uh, Nick Saban, James Franklin, uh, Steve Sarkeesian from USC, a bunch of coaches on an event. Last night was – And
1: let let me interrupt you, Bradley. I don't mean to interrupt you, but don't the coaches love it because it's kind of off the grid down in Mobile and they they can like – get together in bars, yeah. you know, have a few drinks and not have to worry about the, a lot of the stuff you have to worry about in bigger cities. The, correct. That is the – somebody
0: asked me last night, they said, what What keeps the Senior Bowl in Mobile? And I said, other than the great staff that they have, I think it's the fact that, that the NFL coaches and the NFL personnel like it because there's really no national media here. Correct. Therefore, they can come here, and it's almost like a little bit of a vacation, similar to the Pro Bowl. Currently, right now, there's 900 credentialed NFL personnel in town in this seemingly small town. And I don't know about the college coaches. You know, there's a lot of college coaches in town. They, It's good for them because they come here to support their players and then also for them to have the relationship with the Senior Bowl staff. You know, if they have a player that's kind of on the fringe that may or may not make it, they can kind of get them pushed over the edge and that sort of thing. Um, And so then, so last night was an event that was a a benefit for an organization called Special Spectators, which is essentially like a -A Make-A-Wish Foundation where they take ill children and give them these great sideline experiences and things like that. It's an awesome organization. So it was a benefit for that. They had Brett Favre come in. I'm a big supporter of the Senior Bowl and haven't been been involved with the Senior Bowl in several years. And I'm friends with the director and uh, my brother is a huge Brett Favre fan. So we had decided to go and uh, we bought two tickets. And then um, I got to look in that the sponsorships were really inexpensive table sponsorships. So I reached out to the guy and basically said, "Hey, uh, if Portal Insurance sponsors this table, what are the chances we get to meet Brett Favre?" And he's like, "Pretty likely." So, uh, so we ended up with six tickets. So we had a we had a nice little uh, nice little evening last night at a barbecue joint. Yeah, yeah I it was saw fun. some
1: I saw some pictures that you so you or somebody had posted.
0: Here's what's funny. My head underwriter with one of the MGAs we worked with was the entertainment last night. He was the piano player. So awesome. that was cool. There's several clients there. So it was a good, you know, being that, you know, we had the baby in September. I haven't done pretty much anything outside of nine to five in a while. And uh, so it's good to kind of get out and network, you know, in mobile and, and that sort of thing. So another uh, news, had a couple of new people start at the agency. We had a guy start a month ago and had a, a young lady start uh, this week. Um, He's doing very well. So as a matter of fact, as soon as we get off this podcast, I'm going to sit down with her and we're going to go over a strategy to to cross sell some autos on some monoline accounts. So,
1: You know, Mike Stromso talks a lot about this and I don't think he would mind me bringing this up on the podcast, but he talks about, you know, hiring slow, making sure that you're making a great decision and it's the right person, right job, right seat on the bus. Personalities match your culture. Mm -hmm. And then he talks about
0: that's the most important thing to me.
1: Oh yeah. But then, but then once the, you know, the hiring process is done and you've got them in the agency day, number one, Mm -hmm. he lays out like, I want to say it's like a three month training process. Yeah. Uh, and week one starts with mentor shadowing. Mm -hmm. So you do some, uh, you know, you mentor other people in the agency, you mentor, in your case might be the agency owner for a few hours a week, uh, yeah. just to watch what they do and other, other people as well. Uh, and then he, then he goes through a very detailed training program. That's a kind of a three month process. Yeah. You know, one thing that Dave Ramsey talks about in entree leadership, and I would encourage all of you to read that book as well. It's a great book. You know, the worst thing that can happen is a new employee show up on their job, on the job. And their boss, the person that's going to be ahead of them, above them, is on vacation. And he yeah. talked about in his book about how that happened one time. They had an employee that was just sitting at their desk playing paper football with themselves. And yeah. he, you know, come to find out, the person that's supposed to be training him's been on is on vacation for a week. Yeah, making making sure they have all their equipment, all their computers, getting all their setups done. You know, a lot of that it, it takes some time, especially mm-hmm. for a producer. Just to get all the licensing and the, the contracts, not contracts, but the uh, you know Point new logins with all the carriers yeah. and all that stuff. It takes some time. It's yeah, not so something that happens me, overnight.
0: Yeah, for me, it's the, the most difficult part is like we use so many different systems, you know, to run our agency. Right. CRM's agency management system, eSignature, my edge proposal platform you know, right. our va stuff like all we use so many it takes forever just to get all that set up and then right. also the uh that not to mention all the carriers you know and right. password management computer slack i mean it's there's so much and so a lot of the listeners will probably be probably be surprised that i haven't done this yet but actually with this last hire like i'm putting putting together like my checklist of things yes. and and part of the reason we we haven't done it is is because prior to josh who started a month ago the last person that we hired was in early 2020, if not 2019 on the insurance side. Mm. Um, so it, right. so it, from a producer standpoint, so things have changed, you know what I mean? But sure. you know, my, my whole theory with hiring is, you know, everybody tries to look for the perfect candidate. And I've certainly been guilty of that. But my two things are, do you have the aptitude and the want to? That could also be construed as potential right correct and are you a good fit like literally those those are the two things from a hiring standpoint that I look at we can work out everything else we can work out training we can work out insurance knowledge we can work out how to sell but if you have those two things you are going to be a phenomenal fit at this organization and you're yep. going to do really well but you have to pair them together you can't just have the good fit you have to pair it with the want to and the aptitude and the willingness to learn right
1: right right so we met uh I met a young man out at the One City World Tour. I won't say his name because I you know, who knows who's listening to this podcast, but we we have interviewed him for a position in our organization. Uh we spent about an no, hour You were
0: hiring Aaron Robertson, man.
1: Congrats. Uh yeah. <laughs> well you let the cat out of the bag there. We've done our first round of interviews. Not yesterday. that you wouldn't hire Aaron. Oh yeah. I love Aaron. Aaron's a great guy. But we went over with Laura Bruno his test results yesterday for about an hour and next week will be our second round of interviewing with him we've got some very specific questions that we need to ask him and talk to him about we'll see where it goes you know as I've always said if you think you're going to interview here and be hired and have a job here in two or three days you've got to you're wrong that's not going to happen it's it's a very uh, lengthy process. And some people get very frustrated by it, but I, yeah, man, I just, I can't make a bad hire. I'm I'm not, I'm not an agency that can make a bad hire. Yeah. That's one
0: thing Me either, man, because we're so new, you know, and I don't
1: mean bad as in the person's bad. I'm just saying not the fit for our agency, you know, not a good fit for them because it's as much for their, their benefit as it is mine. Yeah. Relative to hiring the right person, man. And you just don't want to go through that
0: Mm -hmm, for sure. Yeah. It's, uh, it's tough, you know, and the, the wrong person can really wreck things in a lot of different ways, in a lot of different ways. And, you know, that's one thing, Scott, I think that captive companies do captive carriers do really well is most of them. Now, granted you have the ones that if you fog a mirror, they will give you an agency, but most of them, their hiring process is extremely slow, it could be years. And so yep. what happens is by doing that, not only does it give you more opportunity to, opportunities to find out who is who and who they actually are, but you weed out all the people who are wanting a quick job you weed out right. all the impatient people. You know what I'm saying? Now, while I disagree with some of the things they do on the back end with making people think they're going to fire them and that sort of thing, I think that's a really good strategy. And we and we hire pretty slow. I mean, I would say our process is probably 60 days at least, uh which I would dare to say compared to most independent agencies and small businesses is pretty slow, you know. And it and it depends on the position too.
1: One of the things, I'm going to give you guys some inside baseball and you you don't know who this person is, so you know you won't know who I'm talking about, but we were talking yesterday, so and I brought this up at the One City World Tour on my leadership talk. I said, you know one of the pandemics that we have in the insurance industry is leadership training for agency owners, and the reason for that is threefold number one, a lot of us start out as a scratch agent, and you're doing everything yourself, and the only thing that matters is eating at, yes, premium. <laughs> commissions so you start out by yourself and then one day four or five years into this after you've been doing everything yourself for a couple two, three, four, five years you wake up and you got two or three people four people hired and, and you got these people that you're managing well number one that makes it hard to delegate because you're so used to doing everything yourself number two nobody can do it better than you can so it's hard to hand anything over to anybody because you're thinking they're not going to be able to do it. Any, you know, you, you're the only one that can do it right. So that's tough. But the other thing is most great insurance agents have that high eye
0: mm-hmm.
1: on the disc profile and, uh, that's influence, uh, influencing others. Well, we were talking yesterday. Of course, this young man has a high eye, very high eye.
0: Which is indicative and, and- of a good producer.
1: It is, but he also has a very low altruistic, which means mm. he's, it's all about him.
0: Selfish. Yeah.
1: And so, and so one of the things we talked about that's, that's a little bit of what, what Justin Miller calls a ditch on both sides of this road. He's going to need, he's going to need me and, and our, you know, our team here, Clint's going to be his manager. If we do end up hiring him, he's going to need a lot of positive reinforcement. You're doing a great job. You're a rock star. you know, she even made a comment, he's going to need public praise and and told what a great job he's doing. But then she said, you know, based on this profile, high, low altruistic, he's also, oh, and by the way, high dominance, D for power, power wants power. Well, what does that equal to? That equals somebody who eventually is going to want to have their own agency. So what you run into there Is you're telling him what a great job he's doing. He's a rock star, man. You're killing it. We love you. Everything. Well, how long is it going to take this young man before he goes? You know what? I don't need these some bitches anymore. I'll go do this myself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There's a ditch on both sides of that road, right? Yeah, hundred percent. We we gotta have those kinds of conversations before we start about. And and listen, I understand people sometimes they decide they want to go out on their own. I want to be fully supportive of that as long as they do it the right way and aren't sneaky and they're trying to jump drive your book of business and go out and start. I don't mind people going out on their own and doing their own thing, but we do need to have those conversations on the front end. So everybody's got all their cards laid out on the table. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. So if you see a high, I, low altruistic and that really high D for dominance, power, That's a recipe for somebody who's probably going to end up at some point in time wanting to go out on their own and do their own thing, which is fine, which is great. As long as you know that ahead of time as the
0: agency owner and can work it out, you know.
1: Yeah, let's just talk about it. I know we wanted to talk a little bit today about uh, the One City World Tour. Yeah,
0: you know, we've had a couple podcasts we've recorded since then, but we haven't had one with just me and Scott. We wanted to talk about it. So, what are your major takeaways?
1: I thought it was a great event. I thought we did some things that had never been done before in the history of insurance that desperately needed to be done. Uh, Number one was bringing in two of the most successful mortgage lenders from the Denver area to talk about firsthand knowledge of how you could build relationships with mortgage brokers. I thought that was huge. Yep. I think anytime that you could have guys like Nick Hunt who built a $23 million agency in three years, come in and talk about how they were successful and ways you can improve your agency I thought every single speaker that we had at the event created a lot of value mm-hmm. for the people that were there uh, and just showing new and better and hopefully you know guys and girls taking notes yeah on ways they could go back and improve their agency and that's really what those events are about right well, besides, it was, it was very building relationships
0: it's very intentional somebody came up to uh, to me and said you know man it seems like just not only is every speaker like the real deal like there's no fluff but right. they're also very genuine yep. and and want to help and and i really appreciate that and i said you know why don't you he said why cuz me scott and andy picked the speakers right like it was very every not only the speakers themselves but The order in which they spoke, you know, I told somebody earlier today, there's a reason that Daniel Song kicked us off, right? There's a reason that David Carruthers closed. There's a reason that Mick Carruthers, uh, uh, Nick Nick Carruthers. (laughs) I'm so sorry, Mick. Uh, there's a reason that, uh, Mick Hunt opened the second day, you know, right. you get a second day at the conference, everybody's a little hungover from the day before, right. you know, they might not make the fr- beginning of the session. No, we want your butt in the chair. Okay. If you want to see Mick Hunt, you got to be there. Today. You know, all right. of this was very, very intentional. It's like this podcast, you know, people have no idea the strategy that goes behind, not only the guests that we have on this show, mm-hmm. but when that episode drops, right. I put way more thought into it than you think I do because these things are important. You know, I don't want to interview somebody that's also been on 15 other podcasts in our industry that day. Right. I want to interview somebody first. Right. I I need the person to be genuine, valuable. I don't want them to get on there and sell something. I want them to help the audience. So all of this is intentional when you pick your podcast guests or your speakers at a conference. So all that was intentional, but I had an agent tell me literally five minutes ago, uh, Brian Blakely, who's a good buddy of mine um, who was there probably, probably should, actually pr- we should interview Brian. But anyway, he said, man, he said, I drove, he drove from five hour drive from Denver. So he drove instead of flying to Nebraska and he drove home and he left a little early the second day. He had a daddy daughter dance to do this with, with his daughter. And he told me, he said, I drove back in silence because I was so, overwhelmed in a good way of all the things that I learned while I was there. And I was like, man, that is, that's awesome, man. I really appreciate that. And then the the next thing he said is he said, man, I also felt guilty. I felt like I should have paid more for my ticket. (laughs) (laughs) So there's a couple of things there, you know, I want to talk about like what I would have done differently. First off, nothing went wrong. Like we didn't have a big, no big issues. Everything went as smoothly as it could possibly go. Other than we had, we had, one speaker and a couple attendees that had gotten COVID couldn't make it.
1: And, and, and ESPN decided they wanted to start doing sound checks. Yeah, that uh, was in funny. The, in the middle of our podcast, uh, yeah. day two, and everybody was like, what in the hell yeah. is going on?
0: So I think, you know, exactly. I think our price point was a little bit too low. I think we could have, the ticket price could have been, and that's not me telling all you agents, we should have charged you more. But I think to give agents the right experience, it could have been. Because we like Scott and I, we lost money on this event. Yeah. You know, it, but, but the reason we lost money is because we cho- we got to a certain profit point and we chose to spend that money to give right. everybody a good experience. So I think t- price point could have been a little little, little higher. And, and everybody that was there told me, you know, yeah, kind of the sweet spot for the people that go to those events. Kind of the sweet spot is a little bit more than what you guys charged. So would have done that differently. Probably would have had a few more vendors there with the intention of them not like you don't necessarily get to get on stage. A few more vendors there that we thought provide value. And I would have probably done two and a half days, yeah, instead of two.
1: It's it's hard to get it all in in forty five minutes.
0: Yeah, but and let's then-
1: let's pull let's pull the curtain back for these people, Bradley. So we had a conversation, you and I, and I told you, I said, Bradley, I'm looking at this final schedule, and there's not enough time. I need it. We need one hour yeah. per speaker, and you said, I've already considered that. Covid is is at its zenith right now, and there is no possible way we don't have at least three speakers that come down with covid before this uh-huh. event. And as it turned out, it was only one.
0: Well, we had two, but one recovered in enough time, correct, that he could still come. But yeah, correct. yeah, we only had one. But but yeah, it was just so. What happens is you have you want to have your people, right? Your people that are your people speak, right? And then you look, and you're like, oh my gosh, we have all these. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, so that's when we did a couple panels. We had a couple people that were going to give presentations. Like, hey, due to time, we're going to do a panel anyway. Um, but then we had, you know, we had buffers in there, right? Right. And then I was fully prepared to like just scrap my presentation in case we were short on time. And I actually, did kind of it was only 15 minutes instead of 45. But but yeah. And then back to the price thing. You know, you guys had to talk me into 199. I wanted to do 99. I was like, we're going to make this like the cheapest, you know, whatever. Yeah. Kind of the last thing, you know, the stadium thing was cool. The Jumbotron thing was cool. I don't know that I would do that again unless it was just super convenient for the attendees, which it may be next time. And there's right. a nice hotel right there having a, you know, seven minute drive. It gets kind of difficult to get Ubers. So, which we gave, we paid for an Uber coupon and all that for everybody. But, but yeah, no, I thought it went phenomenal for our first event. It went great. It had 134 people showed up. We planned for a hundred. We only promoted it for two months, basically off of like maybe four social media posts. Like that was pretty right. much it. And we we sold it out based on that. So if we had a solid year to promote it or 10 months, I think we could really blow it out of the water. But yeah, no, everybody came away like with super valuable information David freaking Carruthers gave a tip for selling commercial insurance that when he said it, I grabbed the microphone from him and looked at the crowd and said, if that was not worth the $199 ticket, you probably need to leave right now. Like it was like literally one of the best commercial insurance. And I'm not going to give it away because it's his to give away. It was one of the, and he said, when he said it, it was the first time publicly he had said it. One of the best commercial insurance selling tips I've ever heard in my entire life. And he, I'm flabbergasted, flattered, and humbled that he gave it away at our event. But uh, when he said that, I was like, "My gosh!" Like, it's so like I always try when I speak or put an event on or do a podcast. We always try to give some sort of actionable advice that somebody can take and implement today in their agency. No fluff, no rah-rah, no hoopla. Even though there's a good place for that, and I'll be honest with you, that particular tip. We implemented it immediately in my agency when I got back to mobile. So Let, let's uh,
1: just let's just tell him what it is. I'm sure David nah, I don't want
0: to I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that without because that's something he keeps close to the vest for his killing commercial clients. So okay. So we probably just destroyed David's DMs, by the way.
1: But <laughs> what was sorry. that tip? I'm gonna tell you this. I need to get with Grant. I also have
0: competition that listen to this podcast, so I don't want them to know I'm doing it.
1: I understand. I, I got I need to get with Grant there was two or three talks that people gave that I was either talking because when you're the host of an event, you've got so many people you want to spend time with that have questions for you, or you're getting ready to go up and introduce somebody else Yeah, that you miss some of the, you know, there were some of the people that got up there and talked that I uh, just didn't get a chance to hear because maybe I was getting ready to go up and dress up like, you know, Randy macho man, what, whatever it may be. Yeah. And uh, I, I'd like to go back and listen to some of those. So I may get with Grant and at, a lot of them, I've audio recorded on my phone though, so I can go back and listen to them.
0: Yeah. Yeah. There was some really good presentations. We got the whole thing on camera. The audio on those isn't great, but no, it was really good. You know, there was no presentation that wasn't phenomenal. You know, if, and if you guys are interested, I mean, we're, we are going to do this next year if you want to get, and it's, it's all we're never going to try to throw the event with a thousand people it's always going to be a smallish event with a limited number of tickets so if you guys are listening to this and want to be on the list and this is not a sales pitch but if you want to if you want to if you want to know about when tickets drop next time for next year which is going to be sooner rather than later probably may-ish
1: i was just about to ask you when you thought we wanted to probably may-ish go ahead and, and schedule next year's to give people plenty of time. Are you going to limit it's, it again it, to 100 tickets? I, I, think, I, go-
0: I think attendees can look at January-ish. I like the first of the year. It is going to be somewhat limited, um, but we'll probably start promoting in May or so. So if you're listening to this and you want to know about that, just just hit me or Scott up in our DMs and we'll make sure you are included. We don't have – it's proof we're not trying to sell something. I don't even have a website or lead magnet set up. So uh, – so, yeah, just just keep us in the loop on that. And uh, for those of you listening who went, you know, we had a couple of contests we ran there. We had one that was the person who did the, a post with our hashtag One City World Tour with the most engagement would win an insurance guys podcast interview. And I think a an interview with Globox. Um, we've not tallied those up yet. We're giving it some time to kind of percolate. And then uh, we also every attendee that submitted their crypto wallet address is going to get an NFT version of their ticket, which is really cool. No utility to it, just like a neat little collectible. Um, that has not been sent out yet either, so we're we're still working on those kind of things and still kind of like like we just got our final PNL numbers like yesterday, so. Uh, but yeah, so what, uh, what's going on in your agency, Scott, man, anything, uh, anything well, b- noteworthy b-
1: before I tell you that, let me tell yeah. you this, and I'm, I'm going to try to walk a tight wire here. So I don't call anybody out, but the biggest tip I picked up at the one city world tour is the event ended on the 21st. Now that day, the 21st was my wife's birthday. And she, of course, if anybody was out there, they probably met her. Yep. Uh, you had a happy well,
0: birthday on the Jumbotron.
1: I did, yeah. So we went out that night and she danced on the bar at Coyote Ugly's till about 10 30 at night. And then we took it back to the hotel. But the next morning I got up and I went had breakfast with a group of agents about eight o'clock in the morning. And we're sitting there talking, and there was an agent there that I won't say who it was, but I think for about three years he'd been in a coaching program with an agency that I had always scratched my head and tried to figure out how they built so many referral partners in the mortgage business. Because that agency is not far from my office and they, they they write a bunch of insurance. They've got a lot of mortgage brokers that are referral partners with them. And I sat down with him. We started talking and come to find out he'd been in that coaching program. And I said, you got to help me out here. How in the world have they built all this mortgage lender business and he said oh i'll tell you how and it's something i've been trying to figure out for 10 years for 10 years i had been trying to figure it out couldn't figure it out i was like and guys by the way i'm giving you aunt martha's all 12 ingredients in the special spaghetti sauce that aunt martha makes right here okay so i hope you guys are writing this shit down go ahead and pull the car over first pull your damn car over first and write this down. Cause we've had lots of people on here talk about building relationships with mortgage brokers. We had the two, two of the largest mortgage brokers in Denver talk at the event. He said, I'm going to tell you what he does. He said for every person that the mortgage broker or whoever the person is in the, could be the, what's one of the people that do the loans, the, uh, processors,
0: processors. Yeah.
1: Lot, because one of the things mortgage brokers that were at Denver said was, you need to find out who the decision maker is and who you need to be getting in front of at that mortgage broker business to you know know who's going to be sliding you these leads right and then they also said what was the other thing they said Bradley they said um, you know you need to be very intentional on how your process as an agency works what happens when they send you that lead like what is mm-hmm. the process you need to sit down with them, have a process of, hey, when you send me the lead, this, 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 and this is going to happen. And I think that's probably something you do a really good job of down in Mobile. Yep. But but here's where he got me. And I, it was one of those aha moments. And you've said this to me before, and I've probably said it to you about things where we're like, something is so simple that you go, why the hell didn't I think of that kind of thing? Mm-hmm. He said, uh, what they do is when the mortgage lender sends them a lead and they write the business, so they've actually written the business, the insurance agency sends the customer of the mortgage lender that is now their customer for the insurance agency, they send them a swag box in the mail from the mortgage lender everything in the swag box has, you know, it doesn't have, it's, it doesn't say anything about the insurance agency. The return address is from the mortgage lender themselves and all the stuff that they send these people in the swag box, which is kind of a welcome to your new home type thing is all like this hat that I have on that Aaron Gordon sent me Gordon companies. Well, maybe they send a Richardson one, one, two hat but instead of it being from iProtect Insurance, it's got the logo of the mortgage lender on the hat. They send them a cutting board that has the couple's name on the cutting board. It's a swag box, just full of stuff from the mortgage lender, but it's coming from the insurance agency. And that is the big selling point is basically the mortgage lender without having to do a thing, is sending out something to that particular person that they sent the uh, the lead to, that's and interesting. I thought, my God, that is that is ingenious.
0: Yeah, that is that is good. That is good. Think,
1: think about this, okay? What if what if Scott Howell sends Bradley flowers an I protect logo Richardson one one two hat, just like the one I have on right now. It's a good hat. You'd be like, man, that's awesome. I'm glad you sent that. What if I sent you a Richardson one one two hat that had the portal logo on it? Mm hmm. It was portal insurance. Yeah, I've had people do would that. You, would you wear that more? Would you I wear that yeah, more I than the yeah. protect hat that you're not even a part yeah. of that particular agency?
0: I have had companies before so I had somebody send me a coffee mug with the portal logo on it. And it was before we launched portal and the only place the logo was was on my website and I hadn't like announced it to the world yet. And so like they did enough digging and research. They got that logo. Yeah. I still drink out of that coffee mug today. There you go. Um. Yeah. That's 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 really interesting. That's cool. It's the little extra things like that. You know, all my competition thinks we pay our lenders. We I don't even give them a Christmas present. Like, right. We don't do any of that. One thing we do do though, for certain lenders, we don't do it for every one of them. Uh, it has to be somebody that we have a really good relationship with that sends us a lot. We create. So so I show them my phone and I and I pull up Portal's Google Business page. We have the second most five star Google reviews in Mobile and Baldwin County. I have the most in Mobile. I have the second most in Mobile and Baldwin County. And I show that to them and I tell them the reason we have the most reviews other than giving good service is on day three of people being a customer of our agency, we send them a text asking for a five-star Google review, specifically a five-star Google review. But what we will do for you, Mr. Lender, is instead of asking the client to review us, we'll ask the client to review you. That's fantastic. And, um, and they really like, it's not, it's not a game changer. It's not, Uh you know, there's not going to be like, oh my God, I'm sending you everything and you can have my house. And, you know, it's not, but it's like, oh, that's really cool, man. Yeah. So what would you, where would you like to review at? Would you want it on Zillow? Would you want it on Google? Do you want it on Yelp? Where do you want it at? And we'll set it up for you. And so we do that in agency zoom. So it's an automation that's triggered based on the referral source. So if the referral source is Jane Smith, then that customer, Hey, and it basically says, Hey, look, you know, it's coming from us. Right. Hey, and I'm not trying to one up your store because I think what they're no. doing is way better. But, you know, it's coming from us. It's like, hey, this is Bradley Portal Insurance. You know, your realtor, Jane Smith, is a phenomenal realtor. She's one of the best in her industry. Uh, would you do me a, beat me a solid and actually leave her a five star review and talk about your experience? You know, right. so it's kind of right. cool. And that works extremely well, just as like a little plus one. But, you know, like I tell people I told a guy yesterday, I said, you know, everybody wants to wants to find the silver bullet. What are you doing to write all this business, Scott? you probably can't point to one thing that leads to all this business in your company, right? It's a bunch of little things. And that's what I tell people about portal. It's like, there's no one thing that we're doing that's just that much different or better than everybody else. It's 52 little things that we're doing. That's just that much better than everybody else. And it all adds up to a better customer experience and, and more business. So it's it's all the little stuff that matters guys. It's it's not the you getting asked to speak to Keller Williams because you paid $150 to be the affiliate and getting in front of 30 realtors who really don't want to be there anyway. They're just there because their brokers making them be there. It's not right. that. It's that's not there's never going to be one thing that's going to lead you to be successful. Successful people are successful and unsuccessful people are not successful. There's if you are going to be successful, you're going to be successful anyway. Can you make yourself more successful? Yes. Can you make yourself less successful? Yes. But it's not going to be one thing, right? If I could just, you know, if I could just make $100,000 a year, if I could just make $150,000 a year, if I could just make 200, well, guess what, when you get to 200, you're going to have $200,000 a year bills, not fifty. <laughs> Most people right. don't leave their their lifestyle the same. So when you get to that level, then it's like, oh, I need to get to two fifty. I need to get three hundred. I need to get to four hundred. There's always going to be something else. It's never going to be one thing that propels you to success. It's all the little bitty things. You know how you do everything is how you do anything. Yep. Or how you do anything is how you do everything.
1: So to add to that, Bradley Mike Stromso's always told me he said, "Big doors swing on little hinges." Mm-hmm. So I'm going to give these people some of Aunt Martha's twelve-step spaghetti it. recipe that uh, we're using in our agency to be successful. We have implemented Agency Zoom as our CRM, and in the past, over the past six months, we have spent a tremendous amount of time, energy, money, effort in automating all of our customer experiences from the new business customer experience the claims experience so i'm going to play everybody something this is what goes out to every single new green new business i protect customer on day three i believe it's day three of them joining the i protect family hold on mm, one second I'm I'm interested. To play this hello my name is scott howell agency owner for i protect insurance and financial services I wanted to personally welcome you to the iProtect family. Thank you. Thank you for trusting us with your insurance needs. We look forward to serving you for the years to come. And it's our promise to you to hold your hand through the claims process, should you ever need to file a claim. If you haven't done so yet, you can go to iTunes or the Play Store and download the mobile app glove box right here thank you again for allowing us to serve you we look forward to having you in the eye protect family take
0: care that's a butter buttery syrupy sweet scott i was expecting like thank you so much i'm kidding
1: Uh, you can't go that route with customer facing some people that that'll turn a lot of people off so So going back to what Bradley just said, we have now have automations that go out basically for anything that happens in our agency in terms of claims, new business. You know, we have, you know, day one, day three, day seven, day 14, and day 30 automations on the claims side. There's another one that's just like that for claims, i uh, I'd be happy to play that for anybody that wants to see it, but, uh, it's a video, an email video, Harley sends out a text that's automated on day number three of the claims process that, and this is something that Bradley has talked a lot about to you guys. Those automations that are going out have got to be very conversational. You don't want your new business clients to look at that and think it was a robot that sent yeah. that. So it's like, hey, this is Harley with I Protect Insurance. And basically, what we did was we sat down with her and we said, all right, we're going to send this text out. How would you say this yeah. in a text? What would you write? Yeah, it's That's very important. Text.
0: Very important.
1: Yeah, and that text goes out at day three. Hey, this is Harley with I Protect. I just wanted to make sure somebody's gotten in touch. Adjuster's gotten in touch with you. Mm-hmm. Have you heard from anybody, you know, and, and and so all of these automations are helping us again, big door swing on little Mm -hmm. hinges. We even send
0: some out. That's like, Hey, Scott, just checking in to see how everything's going.
1: Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. That have no
0: purpose whatsoever other than just to be conversational,
1: you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. So all, all of these automations are helping with two things. Number one, in their mind, the customer says, well, Hey, these people are keeping up with me. They're not just leaving me out here hanging on this claim. And it also helps retention. Mm-hmm. More times I touch somebody throughout the year with my voiceless or ringless voicemail, Voice, birthday voiceless call, ring mail. voiceless ringmail. Voiceless ringmail. All I'm hoping for is when their insurance premium goes up at renewal, that I've created so much value to that customer throughout the year yeah. that they just at least pick up the phone and they say, hey, man, my insurance went up. Can you do something about this rather than walking down the street to another insurance agency and just getting a quote and then binding it and sending us a cancellation?
0: Well, and like back to your voice, your ringless voicemail, right? You did not notice a spike in business the day you implemented that. No, you did not notice the customers reaching out and saying, man, thank you so much for your voice. You didn't notice any of that immediately. And in fact, your agency will still be successful if you don't do that. But on a 30-year time span, that little bitty voicemail that you do, that super personal touch from you is going to make a difference.
1: Correct. It will. It'll move the needle some. Right. And and again, it may just be from a subconscious thing where that client goes, you know, Scott's been pretty damn good to me Mm -hmm. and he's always done what he said he was going to do. I need to at least give him a shot. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call Bruce, I'm going to call Clint, I'm going to call Jess, I'm going to call Justin, I'm going to call one of these agents over here and give them a chance to get my insurance down instead of me just going over here to State Farm and or, or whoever, it doesn't matter, it could be another independent agency and just walking out the door. But I think uh, the same holds true for referral partners, you know, you've yeah. got to stay in front of them, be first in mind when they think of insurance. And then provide them so much value. And it can't be value coming from iProtect. It's got to be value to that mortgage broker, lender, Mm -hmm. or real estate agent, title company, whoever that referral partner is. Everything needs to be geared towards them. Stop thinking about you and start thinking about what Mm -hmm. you would want if you were the mortgage lender. And when Scott walks in, he says, hey, let me tell you what we're going to do. Every time you send us a lead, if we get that business and you close that loan, we're going to have an automated system that sends out this swag box to them with all your stuff in there, all your stuff. It could be, it could go one step further and say, do what Bradley said he was doing with them, where, uh, they send out the uh, four and five star review stuff. Yep. it could be keeping up with the uh, follow-ups for them or something it could be a lot of different things but you've yeah. got to add enough value for them to go these people right here they figured it out mm-hmm. they know what I need and what I want yeah you know and, and not making it about you and your agency
0: mm-hmm.
1: that's something that Zach and uh, Matt and moly talked a long time about on our podcast about yep. you know when they'd go meet with somebody the person that mentioned the agency first had to buy lunch person that it mentioned insurance first had to buy lunch because it wasn't yeah. ever going to be about them. It was about well, how they could help this mortgage lender.
0: Right, right. So in closing, Scott, I know we talked about in a few episodes ago what our goals were for our agencies this year, what our right. outlook was in our year. Let's talk about like insurance industry. I call it insurance land. Yeah. Well, we're doing an insurance land this year. So talk a little bit about maybe some of the events you're going to be at this year and, and that sort of thing.
1: Well, I've got a lot of events. I'm going to Jason Cass's brain share in Kansas city, Missouri in April, uh, in May, I'm going to be, I, I believe as it stands right now, I'm going to be MCing the, uh, agency collective, which is the, uh, I guess you could, I call it a co-op more than I do a, uh, what do they call those things? Like a cluster group, cluster group. I, I guess it's a cluster group, but in my mind, it's more like a co-op, but they're going to have their annual convention down in, uh, SeaWorld in Orlando, Florida. And I'm going to be MCing that event. And then there's a couple of more events throughout the year that I'm going to be going to as well. And they, they they escape me right now, but I, I, I do know I've got four or five events already on the calendar for the year. And, uh, nice. I really, I really don't want to do much more than that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. We kind of talked about you scaling back a little bit in that it's, it's tough, man. Yeah. People don't realize, you know, I mean, the speaking thing is fun. Don't get me wrong. I never not want to do that. The traveling thing, the whole conference stuff, but you know, it's a, it, the travel's tough. You know, you get out there, you eat like crap the whole time. Yeah. You know, you stay out too late. You know, you, I remember we were in, uh, we were in Hartford for Chris Paradiso's mastermind a couple months ago. And of course we've got the new baby. And so I'm like, I'm going to get my first full night's sleep in three months. So I go up to the room and I go to bed. I call Laurel to tell her good night. She didn't answer. And I was like, Hmm. I think Scott was downstairs standing outside. I was, I'm was. i going to hang out with him for a minute. So I'll walk down. The next thing I know, we end up, <laughs> we didn't stay out super late, but it was still another couple of hours. You know, yeah, it was. You, you know there's things, you know, it puts a strain on you. I mean, there's it definitely does. relationships built doing that, you know, right, right. Uh, for me, uh, my next one is uh, next month. I'm going to be at, as of yesterday, I'm going to be at the Big Eye of Arkansas's uh, Emerging Leaders Conference, which is at a place called the Red Apple Inn. I cannot wait to see what that looks like. That'll be awesome. Um, And then I've got uh, Heath Sharon, uh, PIA of Arkansas, Stacey Sharon. I'm speaking at their event in Memphis. And then the very next day I'm speaking at, I don't, the, the name of the organization is escaping me, but it's some sort of association in Ohio. It's not OIA, it's another one. Speaking at their event, Indium is one of the sponsors of that. So they're bringing us in. And the venue is the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame that's cool so if you told 13 year old bradley flowers he would be on stage in any capacity at the rock and roll hall of fame he would have crapped his pants <laughs>
1: um,
0: so doing that and then possibly doing jason's event that's going to be a last minute thing for me it's just it's with the baby now it's kind of tough um so no oh, i'm going like,
1: i'm going down to uh key west in june to spend some you? time with cool. david and those guys at killing commercial i uh awesome. i really want I, I love key west it's a great place to go i'm a I'm a warm weather. I'm a better person in warm weather. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm just a better person and, uh, yeah. Island time, baby. Yeah. I look forward to seeing all those guys yeah. down in, in June, down in Key West. So
0: yeah, it'll be fun. It's good, but it's going to be, you know, that's really kind of a light year for me. I and mean, it's four event, five events, you know, this year for us is, is getting really back to portal and, and growing portal and that sort of thing. We are, uh, we're building a house. Laura and I are building a house going to start in the next couple months, hopefully get land cleared. So that's
1: that's obviously on the slate, so. And we're not even going to talk about what we may or may not be doing with some other people in the industry. That's uh, could be could be mm-hmm. big news coming up, but we yep we won't let lots, that cat out of a, the bag you, you know what you know what's so cool about that I have no idea what project
0: you're talking about. We got like three things we're working on. That's like this could be the biggest thing we've ever done and add a huge value to the industry. That's true. Um, so cool, that's man. True. Well, it's, it was good to chat with you today, man. It's always good to like be together and and just you and I, you know. So.
1: So before we get off this podcast, I want to talk mm-hmm. about me coming down there. Uh, I think it's about time, probably time February, for the thunder show, the thunder show in uh, Mobile, and let's catch back up on maybe. I don't want to do. I uh, believe what was the most podcast we ever did in two days? 16 14? Sixteen, fourteen? Yeah, I don't want to do that. Now I'll tell you, it would
0: be super difficult. It would be super difficult. Remember that time you were down here and Kim couldn't get to the studio because all the roads were closed? It would be like that times a thousand. Really you could you could come down
1: during Mardi Gras. Yeah, I would love good. to. I, I don't think that's gonna happen, but I, I would like to come down around the end of February, early March. Which is and us Mardi Gras. do <laughs> yeah, us do us do about you know four four, po- four four podcasts a day yeah. for for two days and get to visit with you and Johnny and we can come over and see the baby and all that good stuff because uh you know I walked into my room one night at One City World Tour the night of the twentieth at like 4 30 4 and i opened the door and there's kim with that with luke on the bed playing with him he's laughing mm. cutting up having a big time and i thought oh my goodness we have a baby in our room
0: <laughs> yeah it, uh i was so because i knew how much kim wanted to see the baby and that always equals to me and laurel having free time when a friend wants to do that and i was so excited I heard somebody outside of my door. I was in at the very end of the hallway, so I had a room to my left and a room to my w- right. When I walked out the door, uh-huh. I heard somebody talking. And I opened the door and I said, "Is that Bruce Payne, who I've never met?" But like, uh-huh. Bruce Payne's like, "Yeah." I was like, "He's like this is Scott's room." I was like, "Awesome, amazing." So <laughs> I got home the first day and I was like, "Where's the baby at?" She's like, "Kim has him." I'm like, perfect. And I like plopped down on the bed, <laughs> like, like I'm going <laughs> to take a nap because yeah. like I left the event that day intended on taking a nap and our uber driver canceled on us after we waited 15 minutes it was literally the coldest i've ever been in my entire life so
1: yeah well it was a good time i'm glad we got to do it and i look forward to coming down to to mobile it it was
0: was i don't know that i've ever looked forward to something more the couple days before that that. literally like you know
1: cool i'm gonna tell you this uh we're gonna have some big shoes to fill next year to to bring it up to that level and then some Mm-hmm. And uh, I think and we
0: are doing sponsors next year. We did not do that this year because we just wanted to host a pure event. Uh, we are going to do a few sponsors next year. Probably do something in the nature of one sponsor per category. If you're listening to this and you're interested in sponsoring next year, hit me up.
1: Yeah. And we'll try to May, June time frame to have some of that stuff nailed down as far and, as.
0: For sponsors purposes, that might be too late because I've already had some folks reaching out to me
1: about it. Well, yeah, you got to have sponsors. After Scott has to start writing checks for this yeah. year's event, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. guys. You well, were that listening. was the purpose. You
0: know what yeah. I'm saying? It was like, it's like what yeah. Scott and I did two weeks for the event. We were at a couple thousand dollars profit, and I said, "We're going to spend it. Like we're going to make this a really good event. I don't give a crap about a thousand bucks. We're going to spend it. We're going to make this a really good event for the people and that sort of thing." So,
1: well, they don't. What they don't know is like every single thing we did in that stadium cost anywhere from 1500 to
0: $5,000. I'm surprised they did not charge us to turn the air conditioner on.
1: Uh, me too. Like,
0: literally, we had the food trucks parked out front for lunch. In order for our attendees to have the privilege of bringing their lunch back inside, they charged
1: us $500. That's correct. And, food and, food. Can, can you tell them what they were going to charge us to cater lunch so The
0: only us? area we cut corners. The only area we cut corner was on the food. But we really didn't cut the corner. So...
1: Now the food from the food trucks was a lot better than what we'd have gotten from the station.
0: You were going to get like a peanut butter and jelly sandwich and an apple, and right. it was going to be $8,000 yes. is what they were going to charge us. They yes. charged us $3,600 for coffee, for by coffee. the way, coffee. for coffee, yeah. uh, which was gone by 10 o'clock. So. The, they were going to charge us $8,000 food. So the workaround Andy Matheson we, was brilliant. Like we had food trucks in the parking lot. And, and so it kind of was a cut corner because, yeah, you had to walk outside in the cold, get your food. But the food was way better than what you would have gotten at the venue. Like there was just no way $8,000 would have worked.
1: So, Well, I think we did all we could do. Couldn't do no more. Cheers. Wh- wish th- uh, there were some people that were there I wish I could have spent more time with or that I didn't get to spend very much time with because it was just, yeah there's so many people there and there was so much going on that I would have liked to just sat down with them for an hour and just rapped and talked and gotten to know them better. And I, hopefully yeah. next year I can do that. So yeah guys, as I always end every podcast, rewards come from action, not discussion. Get your ass out from behind that desk today. Go out in the big, bad world and build relationships, make money for your family, for your wife, for your husband, for your kids, college fund, for your parents that are out there struggling. Always remember this happiness is an emotion. It is an emotion. And the only way to be happy is to grow. You've got to go to these events. You've got to make friends, people build relationships with other agents that's what these events are for in addition to hearing some of the most successful people in the insurance industry speak and talk about what they're doing and we are blessed and honored to have those people on our team i know bradley is just like i am but go out today write good business for the companies that you represent and write good business for the agencies that you represent bradley flowers i love you thanks scott Guys, you are listening to the Insurance Guys podcast, and we love each and every one of you. Thank you so much for being a part of our family, and we'll see you back here real soon. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Insurance Guys podcast. If you need to know more about me or you need to get in touch with Scott, you can always reach me at theinsuranceguyonline.com or email me at scott at iprotectinsurance.com. And if you need to get in touch with Mr. Bradley Flowers, go to portalinsurance.com or email him at bradley at portalinsurance.com. Guys, we love you. And thank you so much for listening to our show and being a part of our family. And we look forward to seeing you again next week on the next episode of the Insurance Guys podcast. Take care.